Thank you for tuning in to the WAM Podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Hello, and welcome to Women and Manufacturing. I'm your host, Lydia DiLiello, and I have the pleasure today of welcoming with me Nikki Lamb. Nikki is the president of Harvest Specialty Foods, and she has agreed to share with us her journey today in how she has arrived in the food industry and the things that she has found along the way. She's shared some wonderful nuggets of information and inspiration with me. So Nikki, welcome to the program. Thank you, Lydia. Thanks for having me. It's uh, I'm glad to be here. Well, we're thrilled to have you. So Nikki, do you mind starting by telling us a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, I can tell you that where I am now is not originally where I thought I would be. And I started my manufacturing career with Microsoft, not with a Microsoft partner, but actually on campus at the GP Great Plains campus, where I worked with manufacturing clients and sold ERP. And at that time, I was going to school and I was working on a project for myself called Formula Now, which was an infant formula dispensing system. And with what I learned at Microsoft, the translated somewhat into what I was doing with the startup with Formula mm-hmm. Now. And then we started another company called Lift and Buddy, which was completely different than Formula Now. We went from infant formula interest industry to material handling industry and had a few other projects in there. And then I went to work with corporate for a while in Boise, Idaho, working with, gosh, 18 plants and ice cream and dairy and bread and sauces and things like that. And going from the small entity and kind of bootstrapping. And like, I think I told you, I was the president to the janitor (laughs) and then started working with large companies and this huge corporation with all these moving parts. So with everything that I've learned has placed me where I am today, working with startup and growth stage companies, helping bring products to market. That's really a fascinating history, Nikki. And, And I love your line about from the president to the janitor. You were everything and probably most of those things all at the same time would be my guess, depending on the day, right? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. But what a wonderful experience to have worked at Microsoft and with so many different manufacturing plants and exposure to processes and people. So you've seen firsthand and and worked in the challenges that most of our viewers, I think, are living on a day-to-day basis. I think so. You know, if there's there's one thing my claim to fame is I've learned how to do things wrong. So now I know how to not do them. <laughs> um, but I do have so much experience in all different facets of manufacturing, commercialization, product development. It, to me, it's all fascinating, but I really like the manufacturing aspect. I still am fascinated just walking into a plant and watching it all happen. So what do you think some of our viewers might be doing not as well as they could when you said your claim to fame is you've learned how to do it all wrong. (laughs) So what are the kinds of things you could share with them to say, don't do this. It doesn't Mm -hmm. work. I've done it. Yeah. Well, and I think the main thing that I would say there is don't try to do it all yourself. If you've been in this manufacturing industry for a while, you have contacts and you have a network. And it's so interesting to me how you can make a phone call and say, hey, do you know a good resource where I could learn more about this? You know, you can spend days and weeks and months Googling and try to do it yourself and doing it wrong. But calling someone like me and saying, have you had this experience before? Or I'll call my contacts all the time and say, have you run into this before? 
And so many people are just willing to say, hey, yeah, I have. And maybe I'm not an expert, but here's someone who might be that that would like to talk to you. And then the other thing is just do it. Stop thinking about it and just do it. Make the phone calls and make it happen. And again, whether you're just starting out or you're during, you know, if you're going through a growth stage and you just don't know what this next step is, don't not take the next step. Find the right person to talk to to help you make that jump. That really resonates with me, Nikki, because I find that so many of the women I speak with that are doers and shakers and movers, we all get stuck in that same thing of, no, I'm going to take care of this myself. I got this. Mm -hmm. And we waste so much time and effort and energy before we realize, well, why didn't I just pick up the phone and call Nikki and say, Nikki, you know somebody, can you do this? How do we do this? Mm -hmm. Um, It, I think, lifts that burden of not needing to know ourselves all the time. Yes. And what you get from asking is you learn. And and then maybe you're the next resource for somebody else and you can help. But it's just so much faster and so much easier if you use your network and use your resources and don't try to do it all yourself. And that's one of the things that I it took me a long time, but I finally learned myself. I don't I don't have to do it all. So what a great piece of advice. <laughs> now, did you just automatically flow from I think you you talked about working with food customers. Did you flow from that into the food business yourself? Or can you tell us a bit about how you transitioned from Microsoft into the food business? So it's a personal story, but uh, it's how I got started with Formula Now is I had to bottle feed my children and I didn't have a choice there. And it was frustrating to me because it's, you know, I feel like a bad mom. I wish I could be better at this, you know. And there was one morning and I hadn't slept a whole lot. And my husband walked in and as he said, good morning, I was scooping my bottle of formula. I said, oh, good morning. And I went back and I thought, oh, was that two, was that three scoops or four scoops? And I didn't know. And I just got so frustrated. And, and my husband said, wouldn't it be nice if you could push a button to make a bottle? And so that's where my thesis started. How can you make this easier, but still feel really good about feeding your child and feeding them exactly what they need in the right temperature and the right, you know, consistency and all that. And that's where formula now started. And I was going to college at the time. And so I started, I wrote a business plan, but then through my college experience, I would present like my marketing plan and get feedback from students and professors. Uh And from there we won an innovate North Dakota. I'm from North Dakota. We won a competition that, which kind of propelled us to the next step. And a lot of it, though, was just starting to make phone calls. I was calling the largest multi-billion dollar pharmaceutical and infant formula companies just to say, you know, do you think we're on the right path? Is this something you would want to license? And we got fabulous feedback. And then we got some questions like, how did you get this number? <laughs> and, and I remember talking to a company in Europe and I, they asked that question and I said, sheer determination. I wanted to find you. And, uh, and that was really fun for me. But that was kind of the first step in the food industry for me. And, you know, formulations, recipes, manufacturing, packaging, branding, and then partnerships. And that was really, you know, fail forward, as they say, I I did. And I just kept kept moving forward. It was a wonderful experience. Well, first of all, thank you for sharing what is a very personal story. But it resonates so much because so many marvelous innovations are driven from personal needs where we say, this just isn't acceptable. Don't Mm -hmm. like it. It ain't working. What could we do different? 
and how wonderful that from that sprung this idea Mm-hmm. And then you followed it through with what you're telling all of us to do, which is just go do it. Pick up the phone, dig, ask, keep going, fall on your face, but fall forward. So you keep yep. moving forward somewhere. So then from your experience with your formula, how did that translate into where you are today? So from there, we started a second company that actually was not in the food industry, but We worked with so many food companies and beverage companies because it was a safety product that we were manufacturing and it sprung a whole line of products that were safety products. And so there I was working with a lot of manufacturing companies that were doing their own private labels. And I mean, it was just fascinating because I got to see everything firsthand and kind of going through those processes. And from there... I went to a large company, very large company, multi-billion dollar. And I was a basically a national account manager where I was running, you know, well over a hundred million dollars in PL just with seven clients. And so it was, I was the liaison from the project managers, product development, the plant managers, QA quality assurance, all the way down to you know, if they were doing private label, using my contacts in the retail side of things to help get products on the shelves. And so the combination of all of those roles that I played, really what happened was I walked into a place and I I had kind of taken a break with COVID and everything. And my daughter, who is gluten-free, dairy-free, she said, mom, can we please go to this gluten-free bakery in town? Because she had seen it driving by. And I said, yes, that would be great. So we walked in and there they were, this lovely bakery with these beautiful breads and mixes and everything was gluten-free and a lot of it was dairy-free. And I said, where are you selling these? What are you doing you know, to promote your product? And they said, this is it. And I said, I think I can help you. Just And, and that's, how, that's how it started as far as working with clients to help them do what I've already been doing for, for years not so much by accident. Cause I don't, I think everything happens, you know, you, you get on a path and you follow that path and it happens for a reason. But that was one of those moments where I thought, don't say nothing because how wonderful would it be if these products were all over the country? And that again, speaks to a personal need and a desire to share with others what you've learned and help expose other people to a product that you thought was fantastic and how gratifying for you, that must have been, but also for the owners of that store to say, wait a minute, you're going to help us get to this. And how do we do that? That's fascinating. Your drive, it sounds like Nikki comes very much from personal fulfillment. Yes, definitely. And just this passion for, you know, what it feels like to experience it, even the small successes, like all of a sudden someone who's a multi-billion dollar customer who's in retail stores all over the world. And they're asking you questions about your product and how do you think we could do it like this? And I remember having that very similar conversation to that and thinking, you're asking me that, you know, that's amazing. And then just getting a product on a shelf from start to finish is wow. It's even if it's not your own, it's pretty, pretty amazing. So when, when the multi-billion dollar asked you, were you physically on site with them or was it a virtual meeting? It was a virtual meeting. They were in Italy. And they wanted, and like I said, uh, this company was about $10 billion at the time. And we were talking about a product launch in Europe and Asia. 
which I had no experience. And I remember sitting in a conference room and I had been there all night getting my presentation ready for them. And I was wearing a ponytail and a sweatshirt and sweatpants. And I, they, and I'm, but I'm on the phone, not a zoom meeting like we are okay. today. You know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, I was feeling for you because I know how the Europeans yeah, are yeah. now. <laughs> and they said, well, well, how would you propose that we launch this in Europe and Asia? I looked around like there was someone else that was supposed to answer. And, uh, but they were talking to me because I, as I was talking to them, I was, you know, very obviously the expert in what I was doing. So because I felt like the expert, they felt like I was the expert. And I think that is a huge key to, you know, earning your stripes, so to speak, when you're having some of these conversations is you got to believe in yourself and realize that you know what you're talking about. And that's another wonderful nugget to share with our viewers relative to, we we so often, I think, as, with, as women, discount ourselves or don't give ourselves the cred, the street cred we deserve. And so we automatically all do the talking of them when it's us. And the first step is we've got to own it. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we start to own it, people recognize that. Or like in this case, you owned it. But in that particular situation, you were so focused on getting prepared for the meeting that it was it, it kind of passed for a moment. But when you hung up the phone, you had to have done the happy dance. Oh, did I ever? Did I ever? (laughs) It was so validating. And I thought, this is just the beginning. And I'm going to get more of these questions. And I know all the answers to the questions. And it just, just the fact that when you do know the answers, because you have, you've dug your heels in and done the work, man, that's a good feeling. It's really a good feeling. And when you have that confidence and you don't know an answer to, I'm really okay with going and asking somebody if I don't know, because I know where my expertise lies and I know what I don't know at this point. And so if I don't know, I say, you know what, I don't have that answer and I'll go find out. And it seems so cliche and you know, that's what you do, but, but truly it's okay to not know everything and still have the confidence because you know what you're good at. And again, so you're just, you are sharing with us so many points of wisdom that you've learned on your journey, but the whole idea of, Claim what you know, and then claim also what you don't know and what you're not comfortable with, and then go yeah. get the resources to support you on those things. Mm-hmm. Nobody expects that, me to know everything. Nobody does. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I think it buys you credibility when you say, "Don't know, haven't experienced that before. Let me go find out." Um, exactly. And that helps us build our credibility rather than the opposite. Yeah, because people so, know you're not. You're going to be honest with them. You're going to be telling the truth, and that is a that is a big thing for me. You walk in the room with integrity and you leave the room with integrity always. I so agree. And no doubt that's why your business is booming and you continue to build upon it because your clients, they trust you. They know that you're going to tell them when it's not going to work or when it is or Mm -hmm. what they need to fix. Have you developed a product that you particularly fell in love with either for a client or for yourself? You know, there's a conversation like, let your baby go. Once, you know, once you get to a certain point and, you know, there are a couple businesses that I now, I don't do a whole lot with, but formula now and lift and buddy were the first two. And we were working on those kind of in tandem formula. Now we worked on for years and we learned how to start a business. And then we started lift and buddy and we sold lift and buddy within two years because all of a sudden we knew what we were doing. And so that was really interesting. But the one that I'm working with right now is pretty close to my heart called Mel's Bakery. And that is because I've got a little girl who is dairy-free, gluten-free. And I can't tell you the disappointment and even tears when you come home with 
good stuff for everybody. And she's like, that's okay. That, you know, I don't need that. And now I go there to pick up my gluten-free bread and it's this big fluffy loaf of white bread and they fight over that. And then I bring like the gluten-free dairy-free muffins and they fight over that. And then they say, how come Harlow is her name? How come Harlow gets all the good stuff? So it's, it's opposite now. And the fact that the fact that I hopefully can provide a way for Mel's bakery to get these products to everybody and, and, um, and hopefully they will feel the way I feel about the products and the story and their kids are happy. And I mean, it's just, it's pretty lovely. The whole experience with the bakery has been really lovely. It sounds like Nikki, that, that not only is it about the product itself, but it's very much about the story as well. And so how, how that story gets communicated to the public matters. Is that a true statement? I think so. I, I mean, in, in the case of Mel's Bakery, it is a really lovely story. I mean, they had a, a family with five celiac kids and they said, we were just sick of going to the store and buying a $7 loaf of bread that nobody liked. And so they worked and worked and worked. And now this started 11 years ago. And if you ask me, they have created the perfect flour blend, which that's part of this project is uh, getting flowers and mixes out to the masses and then the baked goods. And the products really do speak for themselves, but the story behind it, they're just good people and great products. And their last name is actually means Miller in German, like flour Miller. And so, and I mean, totally kind of a happy accident, but I love it. So it's Mel's Bakery, but that is their last name as well. So it's one of those stories where I think meant to be, right? You couldn't script it from a marketing perspective if you wanted (laughs) to, to come together this well, right? So that's, that's right. That's amazing. So is that, is that kind of your target client, Nikki, is these small independents who don't have another way to to get to market. And so because of your broad and deep experience, you now open them up to the world, so to speak. Yeah. I have this love or affinity for startups because I was in that world for a long time. And, you know, like I'm saying, ask somebody who can, who can guide you down a path. Well, I didn't have that when I was starting out. And so it's really fun to be that person. You know, you say, is there a favorite of your own or someone else's? Like there's, there's not a company that I work with that where I don't say we, <laughs> like we're doing this. And because it's, I have such a sense of ownership and it, it's just, it's such a privilege to be a part of that experience and that growth. But I also definitely have worked and would work with larger clients too, who maybe, you know, they are opening up you know, they, maybe they sell baked goods or, you know, certain items and they want to get into dairy or, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or expand a, a division or product line. I have experience with large and small companies, so I can't work with everybody. And that's where the, that's where the conversation comes in. Are we a fit or not? And that's sure. luckily I get to say, I can or can't work with you and, but can point you in the right direction typically. So that's, that's good. In my case, where I've worked with with um, so many different clients and vendors, there's usually someone that I can point. You know, if I can point someone in a direction, I can do that. So it's I feel like I'm a good starting point for anybody who's not sure which direction to go. Well, and what a wonderful resource because then they have the benefit of all of your network and expertise. And even if it's not a fit with you personally, then you're helping them move along the way down to their next step rather than a flat no. And I think that's another thing that's so critically important for us as women, which is to 
to be that link that helps that person to the next step. Mm -hmm. Because if we all do that, it ensures that every woman-owned company gets a little bit farther. Mm -hmm. And it ensures also that the women who are in manufacturing environments are able to move that next step up or broaden their career to the next opportunity. But we have to make sure that we're, we're opening that pathway for each other. Yeah. So I think that's a marvelous thing that you're doing. Thank you. I re- I remember years ago, so many years ago now, um, sitting in a room and it was, you know, ma- having a material handling manufacturing conversation. And there were about 60 of us in the room. And my husband he looks around and he said, do you realize you're the only woman in here? And I looked around and I said, I really am the only woman in here. But I didn't notice it until someone pointed it out. But that has stuck with me for over a decade that at that moment in a room of 60 or more people, I was the only woman in the room. And I really feel like if you love to do this, that needs to change and, you know, get in the room. And it it doesn't matter how many men are in the room or women are in the room. If you want to be in the room, you should be in the room. And I think that that's another wonderful piece of advice relative to encouraging women to step out and step in, Mm -hmm. right? Because so often I think women will look at a situation and say, I'm not sure I feel so comfortable being the second woman in the room out of 60, for example. So eh, maybe I won't do this. But to your point, if it's what you enjoy, if it's where your passion is, right. jump in. And, and I share that with you, Nikki, relative to in my career path, I was usually one of maybe two or three, right. always in a room full of men. And it got to the point where it was normal for me. In fact, what became odd was I walked in a room and, and there were a lot of women and I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. <laughs> what a difference. Right? Yes. It was unusual. And I was so glad to see it yeah. had started to change. And so yes. I'm encouraged and hopeful that, that the next generation will balance that out a great deal more. I agree. As we start to close out here, can you leave us with what you're most passionate about and where you're going to take Harvest Specialty Foods in the next five years? I think like I, I take a client like like Mel's that I talked about, this, this wonderful bakery and and even like Lift and Buddy and Formula Now. And, and just to take it through the process and get it into the hands of people that need it or want it um, or will benefit from it seeing that whole process. And then ultimately the consumer is happy. And you tell that story to someone who is a founder or someone who developed a new product. And it's not necessarily, I mean, it is, you got, you have to make money out of business and that's great, but that's not what makes everybody tick. So I'd imagine, you know, being in a a retailer and we have white bread that's gluten-free that everybody loves down in Florida. And, you know, it has never been there before. And you tell the founder of this company that, you know, they're little kids or grownups or whoever eating normal tasting bread and feeling normal because they have normal food on the table instead of, you know, stuff that doesn't taste as good. That's what they want. And so to, to bring those products to the masses or get them on the shelves and into consumers' hands, that feels really good. That feels really good. That's the part that is really great is I feel like the consumer benefits, but also the founders benefit. And if I can bridge that gap, that's really awesome. And so your goal is to just continue to expand 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't finish. I'm kind of like now thinking about this. So, but yeah, I mean, if I can be the right fit for uh, products or companies or people that are trying to do exactly what I'm talking about, um, take the next step to bring their products to market or help with product development, commercialization, that's what I plan to continue to do. Well, you've certainly had a marvelous career path to date, and we're thrilled to encourage you along your way for success. And I hope to see these products in a market near me very soon. It's an exciting time. So Nikki, thank you so much for sharing your journey, your words of wisdom for all of us. And we look forward to having you as a guest again. Oh, thank you, Lydia. I appreciate the time today too. Well, viewers, at this point, we have to close out our delightful conversation with Nikki Lamb. Please do visit jacketmediaco.com and you can listen to all five of our manufacturing podcasts. They include Manufacturing Talk Radio, The Wham Podcast, Manufacturing Matters, Hazard Girls, and Manufacturing Partnership. Thank you so much for joining us today. And again, I'm Lydia DiLiello, the CEO and founder of Capital Pricing Consultants. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for joining The Wham Podcast, where women empower other women in business and manufacturing. For more shows like this, go to whampodcast.com. That's whampodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.